So hear now this passage from Luke 15, verses 1 through 10. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. One translation reads, now all the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and he even eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, Jesus says, that in that same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not think they need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one center, sinner who repents. For those of us who have ears to hear, this is the word of the Lord. So what led Jesus to come up with these three gems, these three parables. Apparently, he knew that the religious, righteous people were looking down their noses at the company that Jesus was keeping, spending too much time with those tax collectors who all hated because they were collecting taxes to keep Caesar's armies in place, the army that had its thumb on the people of Israel. They were an affront to everything about God that they could imagine. And here is Jesus spending time with them. Remember the Zacchaeus story, the little wee man who comes down out of the tree and, goes, and Jesus goes and has lunch with them? Jesus, knowing that, says to those same people judging him and them what they are doing and what they are missing through these two parables. Never missing an opportunity to point out religious righteousness, Jesus jumped on this one. Cleared his throat, <clears throat> there was a hundred sheep, you know, and a, and a shepherd had, had lost one of them, and so he goes, he, he gathers all his sheep in a circle in the field, and which really is not a great shepherding uh, process, I got to tell you. I mean, think about it. He's going after one sheep while leaving the other 99 on their own. But he gathers them in a... This is a parable, by the way. It's not meant to be a literal. It's a parable. It's not meant to be seen as a farming instrument. Jesus is using the story to make a point. So he goes off to find the lost sheep, finds them in a thicket, 
bang like a, well, lost sheep and puts them on his shoulders and brings them back home. And then after coming home, he calls all of his friends and neighbors from all the towns and says to them, come to my place. We're having a party like you have never seen. And it can even be thought that it was such a party with so many people to feed that the shepherd had to feed them all mutton from the hundred sheep that he was. There was a woman, he says, who had 10 coins and she wakes up one morning and discovers that one was missing. So she vacuums the whole house and she, she dusts all the furniture and she turns over everything to find it and she thought she had lost it for sure until she until she started getting dressed for her big social event and when she tried to put her foot in her Christiane Louboutin shoes you got to be from Paris to know what that shoe is thank you Anita for telling me what the big social shoe is she puts her foot in and discovers that the coin is in there and so she cancels her appointment, gets on the phone, calls all of her friends and tell them, tells them to call all their friends and come over to my house. We're having a party like it's 1999. I found the coin. Now, not only does she spend the coin, she spends the other nine that go with it and probably another 90 that go with that. All because Jesus said, this is what God is like. God throws parties for everyone who is lost, who gets found. Did you get that? I did not say God throws parties for everyone who finds Jesus. I don't like that bumper sticker. The agency is with the finder. That's not us. God God in Jesus Christ became flesh for us so that God in searching for us may be with us in all that we do in our life and all that we are in this human presence of Christ and in that witness of us, we might find ourselves being found by the very one who searches for us, God our creator. God does the finding. The presence of Christ is made real to us to find us. So the bumper sticker would really should say, I've been found, but nobody would probably know what that means. Um, a little bit like that bumper sticker I, I saw the other day at the village. Uh, nobody likes to admit that they're lost, right? So this one says, I'm not lost, I'm just wandering. Well, you know, okay, but this, this story today is about those who were lost, two kinds of people, those who were lost and know it, and those who are lost and deny it. Sometimes we're a little bit of both. God is like this, Jesus said. There will be more party time in heaven with all the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven singing the Gloria than you can imagine when we are found. Remember who Jesus is addressing? Not the losers, but the winners. 
the Pharisees and those who manage the law. They're the winners. Not those who were lost, but those who think that they never are lost. Tuesday, we had a staff meeting and we'd begin with a devotional and I asked the staff to spend five minutes writing down things that they had lost in their life and all of us started really with, you know, the tangible things like a wallet or luggage on a flight or, you know, phones and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and everybody was writing feverishly and then everybody started slowing down as they began to think or as, as, as the lostness in their lives, our lives began to bubble up began to bubble up and they began to, to put faces on the lost, their, their spouses and, or their parents or even their children, uh, loved ones, friends. And, and, and as that continued to be written, we all came to see that the older we are, the more names we end up with on that page. And it felt just like it feels now. We all know what that means. Loss is hard. Being lost is so hard. Being lost in grief. Being lost in anger. Being lost in, in despair. Being lost is so hard. Behind every single heart in this room is enough brokenness to sink a ship. So how do we keep sailing? One way is because we are winners. We are winners by any way you gauge it. We are born in a country that is a winning country. You live in a state that has the national championship football team in CAA and the Major League World Series champion in the same state. This is a church of winners. If you live on this island, you're a winner, probably, and most of us fit that mold. We're used to winning, not losing. Which means that Jesus is telling these parables to us, not to the losers. One thing we did get along all the other awfulness of 9-11 is we got a sort of awareness that we are, by our old standards, no longer secure in our winningness. And, and I think we probably, well, I won't go there. We're probably still trying to figure out what that means. I remember Ted Turner about 40 years ago being quoted in a magazine when he was asked about growing up as an evangelical fundamentalist in his family. And Ted Turner said, oh, I don't buy into any of that crap anymore. Christianity is for losers. And when he said it, the Atlanta Braves were losing eight out of every 10 games, and there were probably 300 people in the ballpark and I kind of wanted to say, well, you may want to do a little more praying because, uh, you know, a lot of what you have is losing too. And, and it turns out that Ted Turner repented. 
when he lost his job at CNN over the phone after the merger with Time Warner, and, and, he, and he lost his baseball team, and, and he lost one of his probably favorite wives, Jane Fonda, he repented and stood up in front of an audience of German business people and leaders. He was the keynote speaker. He's never had an, an unspoken thought. And, and he gets up and he says, uh, I'm not a great historian, but I remember uh, best I can that Germany started three wars and you lost all three of them. You're just a bunch of losers. And everybody's shifting in their seats. And then he says, well, I'm here to tell you we have a lot in common. And then he goes on to list all the different things in his life that he had lost and what a loser he was. And then he introduced his new win, Buffy, who was about 40 years younger, and was grateful for that. There was some redemption in it, which only made Jane Fonda, who was sitting right next to my friend who told me this story, laugh hysterically. If Christianity is just for losers, then Ted Turner and Jane Fonda are welcome to the table. And so are we. There's a story by Tony Campolo that you may have heard, but it's too good not to use. He's a, he's a sociologist. He's retired now at Eastern College in Philadelphia, and he's, um, he was also a Baptist preacher, and he'd travel all over the country, the world, preaching. He's a great preacher. He's funny, he's sharp, he's, and he's poignant. And uh, he's in Honolulu, about to give a, a, a lecture, and it, because of the time change, he can't sleep, so he wakes up at three in the morning and goes out on the street looking for something to eat, some eggs and bacon, and he walks into this diner on the corner. It's a greasy spoon diner, and, and sees that it's a really pretty nasty place, and, and doesn't even want to open the menu for fear of what creepy crawly things may come out of it, and sits down at the bar, and a big guy behind the bar turns around and says, what do you have? He goes, I'll have, uh, how about a cup of coffee? And he, then he sees some donuts on the counter and he says, thinking that they would be safer than those cooked by someone like the guy behind the counter, I'll have a donut. So the guy behind the counter with all his greasy, unwashed hands just reaches over and piles up a donut, puts it right down in front of him. As he was sipping his coffee and looking at his donut, eight or nine prostitutes came running into the diner, talking, talking, boisterous, and he was in the middle of the, of the bar, and so they all spread out around him on the, on the bar. And, and Campola said, you know, I kind of figured that was my time to, to leave, uh, surrounded by all the prostitutes. And so as he was about to get up, the prostitute sitting next to him announced, you know, tomorrow's my birthday. And the woman sitting next to her said, so what am I supposed to do about it? Big deal, it's your birthday. You've had, you've had 39 birthdays. What's the big deal? What are we supposed to do about it? And the woman next to Campola says, you don't have to be so mean. I was just saying that tomorrow's my birthday and I just wanted to share that with everybody. They bannered back and forth and they all got up after 
being refreshed and left the, the diner. And Compolo is still there watching all this, has this bright idea, and he calls the, the owner, the big guy behind the counter, and says, Agnes's birthday's tomorrow, right? He said, yep. So do they come in every night about this time? He said, every single night. Agnes too? He said, yep. Let's give her a birthday party. The big guy says, that's the best idea I've ever heard. Calls his wife from the back. We're going to give Agnes a birthday party. We'll make the cake. And Compolo says, I'll get the, the decorations. So next night, 2.30, Compolo walks in with a bag of decorations, starts putting them all over the room. Uh, at 3 o'clock uh, sharp, the women come into the, to the diner. And as soon as they come in, they discover that all the other women of the street had heard about it and had filled up the diner and began to sing, Happy Birthday to Agnes. And Agnes was so struck, she couldn't walk. Her friend had to hold her by the arm and walk her to the, to the bar to sit down. And Agnes, while crying, looks up, and here comes a cake with the candles lit. And, and the big man behind the counter says, blow out the candles, Agnes. And Agnes, crying so hard, can't. And so the big man says, well, I'll blow them out for you, and reaches down and blows them out and hands her a knife, says, now, Agnes, cut, cut the cake for everybody to have a piece. And Agnes sat there looking at this cake, crying, and she doesn't move for the longest time. And finally she says, I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, but nobody's ever given me a cake before. And, and, and my mother, who lives only like two blocks down the street, she would be so happy for me if she knew that somebody had given me a cake. So is it okay if I don't cut this cake right now? Can I just take the cake and I'm just going to run down to show it to my mom to show me that you gave me a happy birthday and you gave me a cake? Of course, by that time, everybody's crying. After it was over, she'd come back. They ate the cake and left. The big man behind the counter looked at Compolo and said, what do you do? Compolo said, oh, I left something out. Before they left, Compolo says, <clears throat> can I have your attention? I think we should have a prayer. So Compolo prays for Agnes, for God's grace on her and Agnes's mother and for birthdays and for all those gathered there for God to be with them and so that they will know the love of God in Christ. They leave, and the, and, the, and the big man says, so what do you do? Are you a preacher? Compolo says, well, yeah, I preach. He goes, uh, what kind of church do you belong to that would preach to a bunch of prostitutes at 3.30 in the morning and sit with them? And Compolo says, I believe I belong to a church that sits with prostitutes and sinners and preaches to them at 3.30 in the morning because I am the chief among all of the sinners. And the big man behind the counter said, there ain't no church like that. If there was, I'd sure join it. Is this that kind of church? <laughs> 